Good morning. This is Chris Peppel, and you're listening to my Look to See Me podcast. Hope everyone has had a good week the past few days and uh, have some something positive to look forward to. I hope somewhere, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter how hard your journey might be right now, that you at least have glimpses of joy that might be around the corner, whether that's small moments spent with someone you care about or just time out in nature to just sit still and catch your breath. I hope that you can build in just just small pockets of joy. And I know that's hard when life is challenging, but I that's something that I practice in my own life is just building in those little bitty pockets, no matter how much I'm struggling that week or what I'm facing. I find if I can just put one small thing on the calendar, just a a moment to talk on the phone with somebody I care about, or like I said, step outside, take a 10-minute walk. And for, for others of you, I hope you are able to build in even larger pockets of joy. Put something on your calendar, schedule that in to make sure that you are finding that joy on your journey. In today's podcast, I'm calling Seeing the Whole. And it kind of ties into joy a little bit, but it it ties into a lot more deeper topics. When we look to see a situation or look to see a person, a lot of times we don't want to see the whole. We like to we like to box off things that we're comfortable with and see the parts of a person or parts of a situation that we're comfortable with, and then ignore or try to stay away from the parts that we're uncomfortable with. I remember when my um, oldest child was born, I had some neurological issues, and part of it was speech, unable to make any sound whatsoever. And I was trying to figure out what type of doctor we needed to go to and how I could be an advocate. And talking to a neighbor one day, and because people would check in, you know, how's your child doing? And they said, oh, don't, don't go to um, get an exact diagnosis. Just work with your pediatrician and they'll figure it out. And I said, well, I really think we need a neurologist or something else. This is, there's still no sounds whatsoever. And they said, but your child will get a label and that label will stay them with them all of their life. And I said, but this could be fixable. This could be something that we could work through. This could be something that could be treated. And I'd rather have the truth about what my what challenges my child is facing than to worry about the label. And they said, but people are always going to see the label first. And I've thought about that through the years. And I've thought about how true that is when we find out something about a person, we we tend to see that label first. For, you know, and, and sometimes it's not that we've found it out. Sometimes it's our own prejudices. We look at a person and the first thing we see is an aspect that we may be prejudiced about, whether that's race or a different cultural background or how that person is dressing. And we immediately put that label on that person and that's what we see first. I truly believe that that's what's causing so many of our problems in society today is labeling the part instead of seeing the whole. We want to, like I said, we want to compartmentalize people. 
put people in boxes and groups and say, uh, I'll work with this group, but not this group. I'll worship with this group, but not this group. I want these type of people in my child's class, but not these type of people in my child's class. And what we're doing is we're really negating the gifts and the talents of the people in our community that could make our community so much stronger and such a better place to be in. And because what we're doing is we're seeing the label and we're not seeing the whole. We're not seeing the gifts and the talents. We're not seeing the strengths that that person could bring into our community. We do that with friends, I think. We we see the parts of a friend that we're comfortable with, and that's the parts we connect with. And we don't want to see anything deeper. I think that's why sometimes we put stigmas on uh, things like um, depression, anxiety. That's why sometimes we miss cues when somebody is struggling in society and then something tragic happens, uh, you know, you hear of um, bullying, for example, and sometimes there is something behind that story, and that's not to excuse it. it bullying is wrong whatsoever, but then, you know, later when we hear something tragic has happened, I was, I was listening to the story of the teacher who was shot and um, in the first grade classroom by a six-year-old, and Everybody is so shocked that it's a six-year-old. But when I read deeper and the investigations that are going, there are people who are reporting that, uh, with proof, that this teacher and other teachers have been trying to tell them that there's something deeper going on with this child, that there have been threats before, there have been struggles with this child. And people are ignoring that. People are like, oh, but, you know, it's a good family, and the child is only six, and it's something we can work with. Instead of really digging deeper and trying to see the whole person, what is that child struggling with at six that made them come to a school with a gun and shoot their teacher and make those past threats? We missed the whole. We, We made excuses for age or because it's a nice family or because, you know, there's other good things that these people do. And we put some kind of stigma to having a label and to digging deeper and seeing the whole. I'm not saying that there was an easy answer. I'm not saying that we missed something obvious that, um, you know, shame on somebody for letting that happen. But what I am saying is shame on all of us for allowing our society continue to just look surface level at everything and only attach labels. Good family, so hey, this must be something we can all work through it. I'm not saying that that family is not a good family. Hear me. But what I'm saying is, what if we saw the whole of that child and listened to the people that said this child is struggling? That's what people wanted me to do with my children, They didn't want me to dig deeper. They didn't want me to be an advocate and an ally and say, there's more to my child 
that's going on in their life than what you want to look at. And I'm going to be an advocate and I'm going to see the whole of my child. There's no shame to being born with a speech disability. There's no shame to struggling with anxiety, struggling with depression. There's no shame in needing mental health care. There's no shame in needing whatever we need to heal. I'm not sure why we're afraid to see the whole of people. And it's not just on issues like that. It's on faith issues too. You know, this so many denominations right now are struggling on whether or not they want gay people in their church in any type of position whatsoever. And when I, I try to have conversations with people, they're looking surface level. That's all they're looking at. They're like, oh, there's a gay person. Oh, they can't be in leadership in our church. Well, I'm not comfortable around that person. I don't want my child around that person. That person can't teach my child. We're seeing the label. That's, that's what's behind my name, look to see me. Get rid of those labels. Don't immediately try to, you know, put stickers on people and make them, you know, hi, I'm of a particular race. Hi, I'm gay. Hi, I'm non-binary. Hi, I'm transgender. You know, hi, I'm a refugee. Hi, I'm an immigrant for another country. Uh, those labels need to be torn off until much later. Yes, that's part of who the person is. I'm not saying that we need to ignore what is essential about that person. But when that's the label that we put on and we don't put any other label on that person, we're not looking to see them. We are losing out on some amazing talents, some amazing gifts and strengths that people could bring to our community. We're missing out on friendships. You know, it's, it's funny to me that because I'm an advocate and an ally, people will tell me things that sometimes they don't tell their other family members or friends. And I think how sad it is that the people that say they love these people are missing out on a beautiful part of them. I'm honored that people will tell me uh, their pronouns, their sexual preferences, their gender, something about their uh, gender identity, something, anything about their sexual identity. I'm, I'm honored when somebody will tell me something about their cultural heritage that I didn't know, that will consider me a lifelong learner and tell me something that they may not be willing to share with somebody else a struggle about where they came from. They don't tell other people this sometimes, including their family members, because they know they're going to be slapped with the label. That's all they're going to be from that point on. Oh, he's gay. Oh, let me tell you, did you know where his family actually came from? Oh, did you know this about them? Or did you know they struggle with this? Or did you know that they've had to have counseling for three years? And that label is what we see. Uh, people believe different things. There are uh, people that will come to me and talk to me about their beliefs and things that they're struggling with in their faith or things that they've changed about what they believe. 
And they still don't want to tell the people that they sit in church with or their family members because it says no need of arguing with them, which I agree that there's no need of arguing. But it's sad to me that the people that love them, the people that care about them, are going to miss such a beautiful conversation, such a deep part about this person. And it's because they don't want that label. It's because that they know that those people are going to disagree with them. And suddenly, they're going to lose invitations. They're not going to be considered part of the family group anymore. Uh, Their grandparents or parents might cut them out of conversations. There's going to be something that they're going to miss out on because suddenly they're going to be given a, a, a label based on one small aspect of who they are. I wrote, um, I wrote a parable called A Parable of Friendship and Faith. It's one in one of my devotional books. And I thought I would read that to close with today. It's called A Parable of Friendship and Faith. And it talks about missing out on people because we don't take time to see the whole of who they are. I walked through my entire childhood with my best friend. We spent hours together every day as I read stories, played, and went to school. We spent every Sunday morning together in Sunday school. I don't even know how many hours of vacation Bible school we spent together. As we grew, I knew my best friend so well. We were so comfortable together. Even into high school and college, we spent as much time together as I could manage with my schedule. It felt comforting to know someone so well. I felt connected because we were so much alike. Young adulthood came, though, and nothing seemed the same. I heard new rumors about my friend that I kept denying because they just couldn't be true. I met your friend at the dance last night. I'm so glad we met. That couldn't be my friend, I exclaimed. You must be wrong. My friend would never be at a dance, much less on a Wednesday night. That's midweek Bible study where you can come to if you want. I met your friend at Pride. You should have come as well. That couldn't be my friend, I exclaimed. You must be wrong. My friend would never be at a pride event. I'm sure you're a nice person, but your choices are so wrong. I'll pray for you, and I'll tell my friend to help you as well. I met your friend at a Black Lives Matter march. That couldn't be my friend, I exclaimed. You must be wrong. My friend would never be at a march. The people marching are the ones causing trouble instead of seeking peace. They should all be arrested. I was angry and hurt by now. So many people were saying things about my friend that couldn't be true. I knew my friend. I knew every aspect of their personality. I knew who and what they loved. I knew their house. I knew their heart. I distanced myself from these confused people and went to find my friend. I stepped into church and felt comfortable there. I knew my friend would be here, and they were. But instead of putting my heart at ease, they just kept saying, you really get to need to get to know me better. No, stop. I know you. I know you. I didn't want anything about our relationship to change. I had read their diaries and letters and report cards and poems. I knew them. I resented my friend suggesting that I didn't after all these years. I would not let this relationship change. I hung on to the memories I had, and I stayed in that building with a determination that felt very crucial to my very existence. Years later, I was still in that building with my own child who brought in someone new. I pulled my child aside, saying I wasn't sure this building was the right place for their new friend. But they know your friend, my child answered. 
Suddenly my heart warmed as I saw the young friendship of my child and this child starting to grow. I remembered my youth and the feeling of being loved and being able to love. Where did you meet my friend? I asked. Outside behind the community center, your friend helped serve soup to all of us homeless families every Saturday. I walked outside and looked around. I saw the familiar artwork that bore the fingerprints of my friend. I saw love in people's eyes. I saw my community working together to bring love, hope, and justice to so many people I had never even met. My friend was taking part in all of this. I went back into the building and picked up my Bible. The light flooded in the nearby window and illuminated the words. Love, weep, leave the 99 to find the one. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. The Samaritan who gave so much. The bent over woman. The forgiveness. The women. The leper. I had never really known my friend, I realized. I had known me and fit my friend into my shadow. Come dance with me. I heard the memory of my friend calling. I'm coming. Let's go see these people you know. I want to truly get to know you and the ones you love. I love you. Let's go. You're going to love what I have to show you. Put on your dancing shoes and be prepared to hug. And I walked out of that building holding on to love and hope. You know, I, that line that I put in there, I had known me and fit my friend into my shadow. I think that's what we do with our faith. We know ourselves and we fit our faith into what's comfortable for us. That's what we do with people that are around us in our faith communities. We, we pick out what we're comfortable with and fit them into that mold. And we don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know if they're gay. I don't want to know anything else about them. Because if they do, then I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm not going to want them here. Think about that. Don't we do that at times? Instead of getting to know somebody, sitting at a table and looking at the whole looking past that first label that we put on somebody and looking at the whole of the person. What gifts do you have? What love do you bring to this community? How can I serve you and love you? What, what do you need? What can you bring to this? What can you give? You know, what's your favorite food? Who, who are your friends? Do you like to dance? Do you like to fish? Do you like to read? Ah, maybe we read some of the same books. Maybe you would fit in our book club. Those are the kind of questions that we need to learn to look past that first label. It's, it's a hesitancy that's built into some of us. Uh, you know, they're different. I don't know what to say. What if? What if? What if? There's all kinds of what ifs with people. But what if they're amazing what if they are beautiful? What if they have so many gifts and so much love and so much talent to bring to your community that you would be overwhelmed by the love that they and hope that they bring in? What if we were the ones that were wrong about some things? We have to look to see the whole of us as well. We're not perfect. We have flaws. We have our own labels. It's not something that we necessarily have to be ashamed of unless we're not willing to face it 
anything that we face about ourselves, we can we can find ways in, in this day and age, we can find access to mental health, not as much as I'd like to say we would, but that's one of the things that we can work on together is, is how to make our community stronger to get rid of some of these stigmas about facing things that we all need to face. We can look to see our children and see what pain they're in. These kids that are lashing out and bringing guns and throwing desks and you know just all kinds of tragedies at such young ages look to see what's going on stop saying oh they're from a bad family so you know it's because they're blank and fill in whatever your prejudice is or saying i don't see that because they're from a good family and it'll work out neither one of those looking at the partial situation looking at the partial person looking at some label is not going to help us bring hope light love anything to our communities we have to look and see the whole I hope that makes sense. I hope you followed me through that thought. You know, I hope it's something that you can think of um, through the week. Because that is also then tying back to how we build in pockets of joy. Sometimes we're missing out, you know, on opportunities to really experience deep joy. Because we want to stay in the box where we're comfortable. And after a while, that box may not necessarily bring us the joy that we're seeking in our life. And it's when we step out of the boat and walk on the water. It's when we step out of the box and meet someone new. It's when we step out of the box and try a new experience. That can bring such deep joy. So think about it. Think about what you're seeing when you look out at the world. Are you just putting a label on groups of people and that's all you're seeing? And then even with your friends, are you missing out on the depth of who they are? Because they're afraid to tell you. They're leaving you out of that part of their life because they don't want your judgment. Your own children. Are your children afraid to tell you that they're in a interracial relationship, that they're gay, that they're transgender, that their best friend is? What are you missing out on when you don't see the whole person? Okay, you are loved. You are all wonderful. Ponder that this week. Send me questions if you want to. You can go to my looktoseeme.com website. There's a contact me section there. And I hope you have, um, I hope you have pockets of joy.